Okay, so we're back with a Juby take. I'm Steve. Yeah, and Adam isn't here. Okay, this is not a trend, folks. This is just circumstance. Adam has gone home, and we've stayed. Now with me is Zach, the hero of last night, and Josh. And so we decided to stay in Flagstaff because it's so beautiful up here. Great choice. Great choice. It's just a gorgeous day. So what we're going to do is something a little bit different. Uh, last night, Josh was able to do a song for us to kind of blend in with, with the performance that, that Zach did. And we had a lot of fun, but then we kind of ripped the guitar out of his hands and, and took the mic away from him because we had so many people that wanted to talk about the performance last night. It was a great night. It was. It was awesome. Indeed. So what we're going to do today is we're going to let Josh do whatever he wants. I'm not taking the guitar from his hands. No. It's there. He's going to play. He's going to play some background. He's going to play some songs, whatever he wants to do. And Zach, one of the things that we didn't talk about last night was the venue where we are today. Yeah. So describe your new house. Uh, absolutely. It's a. It's great to talk about. It's a four thousand square foot house with an open floor plan, four bedrooms, two and a half bath. Yes, the half is the shitter. Sorry, Alex. Alex. I moved in here with uh, a couple named Jeff and Lizzie. Uh, happened to be a couple of up-and-comers in the city of Flagstaff. When you look at uh, the history of it, years and years and years from now, you're going to see their names embedded here in this town. They already own a beautiful shop that's been in Flagstaff for like 30 years. Uh, both of them are under 30 years old. Uh, both of them are under 27 years old. Wow. Okay. The other roommate is Cousin Dave. Cousin Dave's awesome. Cousin Dave has uh, the biggest heart you'll ever find. Uh, it can't be measured with a ruler, but uh, have a conversation with them and you'll know exactly what we mean. Yeah. They make up the east side of the house. Okay. Across the, uh, across the living room or the pool room is what it's promptly called. Which, just so people understand, it's probably what? 30, 40 feet at least to the, uh, to the West siders. It's a perfect size of a pool for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you could really dive in to this room <laughs> and make motions to the other side. The, the room used to have a pool in it. Okay, uh, right? it, it and put concrete and carpet over it. Absolutely. Right. Like it's not the pool room because we have a billiards table. It's the pool room because there was a swimming pool. There's tile that goes across the, the middle of the room and there's these, small two random circles of carpet and it's where the uh skimmer drains were <laughs> nice okay um and then you come over to the west side of the house and you have myself and uh dr bob or uh scum bobby as uh as the night progresses on yeah baby bobby <laughs> so uh it's making up a, a house of beautiful people who uh have absolutely lucked out um it, it, honestly, I want to call it luck, but at the same time, these are all people who have worked really, really hard to get where they're at in life. So now we have uh, the, the the property sits on eight acres, three of which are uh, within our lease, and there's a five-acre pasture. Three months out of the year, we have horses. Uh, we're in those months right now. We have four dogs, two of which were adopted with the house. Uh, one dog is a Great Dane. And for obvious reasons, needs lots of space. So staying here, Marley has... Uh, That's Marley right there. Barking at the door constantly and letting us know when everyone is here and 
constant threat of eating anything off the dinner table because <laughs> she looks down on it. And then the other one is actually, I'm not sure if the dog is really here. It's a, it's a bit of a ghost. Call, call her ghost dog, Grandma ghost dog. Reagan. Our property is attached to a nice steakhouse and bar here in Flagstaff off of the 89 highway called the Horseman's Lodge. Inside the Horseman's Lodge at the bar, there's a picture of our home uh, in 1937 when it was built. Reagan is in that picture. Wow. Full grown. Yeah. Dogs don't normally live that long, but that's kind of an amazing story. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced she's not actually alive. She's not actually alive. It's a ghost dog. It's a ghost dog. Walking around. Exactly. Nice. Yeah, that's so meta, first of all. That's, that's but uh, mega meta, mega meta, yeah. But second of all, like you can touch her and, and feel it. Like that's an actual physical being. Go- ghosts are real, apparently. Okay, with that dog. But that's another podcast. So, so our, our our specific venue is now sitting on our porch, which stretches pretty much the width of the house. Um, and we have a beautiful handmade twelve-person table, uh, looking out over, you know, five acres of. Uh, of our land backed up onto the national forest cascading over the mountains. Absolutely beautiful. You know, it really is because, you know, you can see, you know, it's kind of broken up for, for the horses to wander through and then the area for the dogs. And, and then, uh, I don't know, probably 75 yards away, there's a fence. And on the other side of that is the national forest. Yep. Yep. Currently closed due to fire restrictions, thankfully. Um, but as soon as it opens up, there we go. Hello. It is. It's just a gorgeous venue. Well, what happened today is the plan was to head back to the valley. Around like 11, 11 o'clock? Yeah, we were going to leave uh, 11, 11.30, 12. So John and Diane, who you heard last night, and Marie and Adam, who you also heard last night on the podcast. And we were, Heather and I were supposed to be, you know, in the car heading back. But we had the opportunity to stay because Josh was staying and leaving a little later. So we took that opportunity to stay so we've been here all afternoon just enjoying the breeze and the fresh air and the view and it just occurred to us you know what let's get the stuff out again sorry adam and uh, let's let's talk about why we stayed you know i couldn't help but think before we busted out all the equipment that what is a better afternoon if i don't have to go to work and i can just choose what i want to do how about put some beautiful minds together and enjoy their conversation with each other and find a spot where I can interject and contribute to the conversation. So, I mean, I just feel so lucky that like my venue has spawned that from, from kind of nothing. You wonder as you go through life, you know, why you do the things you do, the different places you are and you just take advantage of them. Exactly. We were talking earlier about just having, I was talking earlier about having a privileged privileged life. Uh, the ability to sit here with my father and a very, very close friend that I've had, just one of many close friends that I've had that I've been able to introduce and you develop your own relationship with. I mean, there's there's Ian, there's Bobby, you know, there's uh, obvi- obviously Josh here yeah. and the rest of Ebenezer. And the list really can just go on and on. Yeah. You know, Jeff and Lizzie, it, you know, it's always good to see them. And it is fun. You know, we, I don't want to be known only as Zach's dad or Juby's dad, as everybody says. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm Steve J. You know, and they know me, and I, I love to interact with them, and and they're my friends as well. So yeah, that's that's really fun. It's really good. So Josh, you got something for us? Maybe yeah. Um, no pressure. I think I got something. Um, I'll bring it down a little bit. So tell me what 
has the world come to? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'll drink to that one. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. That's a perspective right there. That's a perspective. Okay, Josh, when did you write that? Um, I would say probably six months ago. I really started putting something into that. Just needed an outlet for a, the day-to-day shit that you see. Yeah. You know, that's that's music is is a is a therapy for me so it's it's a way to not pay for a therapist and still get all those words out mm-hmm. well <laughs> and relive it yeah. every that's, time you play it that's the interesting thing and we talked about this last night and and I know that you and Zach have talked about it cuz that's what last night was about was you know Zach's poetry is about getting words out it's about sharing your feelings and your passions and you know i mean both of you do it all in your separate ways, but it's just awesome. It's awesome to be around and be a part of. Yeah. I'm glad that we can intersect, you know, that we can take both crafts and make, you know, something by ourselves and together as well. You know, such tracks as Caddy Wampus was a great example at working on a new song right now. Yes. Working, working hard. Uh, it's, uh, so I, I just have a quick, I have a quick question. So you wrote that getting through the day to day, and it's free therapy. Mm-hmm. Is it enough to to write it and to play it sitting in your backyard, you know, playing it to Leroy? Or the dog, is, by the way. <laughs> much more. Yeah, my, my boy. Yeah. He, is that enough? Or is is today enough? The six-month product of lying in wait, having it, have played it before, and having something to share it on whether you deem it big or little but something to share on it in itself like at what point is is the therapy truly there or at what point is the satisfaction truly there um the satisfaction is is being able to get through things and lay things out thoughts out and having <clears throat> an outlet to be able to organize things for that songwriting is very organized for me you know it's it's some and, and the rest of my life isn't always so organized. So that's a good way to be able to go through a process is the songwriting process is much the same for that. But it is enough for for me because I have I have a I have a vast catalogue of songs that I've never released and I don't know if I ever will release because I don't I'm selfish and I don't want to give those away. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that or maybe it's subpar you know, in my eyes, whatever. But, you know, s- being satisfied with a song is one thing, and it's it's cool. But the look on my on my sister's face when she heard that song was, was priceless, the way that it had touched her and the way that it touches other people. You know, she was a first example for me. The way that she took that song was like not the direction that I had originally had thought it was, you know, and, and made it made it her own. You know, when you like, I, I always say, when you write a song and you give it to the public, it's no longer yours; it's everyone else's song, because everybody's gonna take that at, in a at a different place. So that's a double satisfaction for me. I, you know, even if even if people don't like it, that's that's awesome. At least you feel something about it, right? 
mm-hmm. having an opinion instead of just feeling indifferent. Yeah, it, it's there's so much with human connectivity mm-hmm. that we need to satisfy our own goals and our own kind of paths. You know, as a musician, as a, I mean, as anybody, as an entertainer, anybody who relates to people for their living, no matter what the outlet is, you know, that's, you need people. Because you could sit there in your room and write poetry all day long, but the way that it affects the world, something that may need to, may need to happen. And I, you know, I feel that so hard. Oh, I, I, oh man, please continue. Keep going, keep going, man. Oh, geez. You know, it, it's from the other side. You know, I appreciate the effort that you guys make. You know, I love Zach, your poetry. And, you know, I love Josh, your music. And the fact that I take it that you're sharing something because you both write, and we mentioned this last night multiple times, from a place of passion. You're not just, these aren't ditties. These aren't just, you're not writing your poetry, Zachary, because you know, you want somebody to be happy or, or you want to be flowery or anything else. It's a, it's a passion. You're, you're putting yourself out there and I totally understand what you're saying. You have to let it go, you know, because it does, it becomes the audiences at that point, but the vulnerability of just putting yourself out there, you know, of, of saying, Hey, this is what I've done. This is what I've spent time on. This is a snapshot of my heart and my soul do with it. You, what you will, but that can't be easy. Yeah, it. You know, I I feel like uh, for for me, writing everything and having it be uh, so personal, not even just in content, but just the fact that I'm writing something has it. It's what gives me the confidence to write it. Um, but credibility plays a huge portion into the performance. Like it, it's kind of that. Uh, that anxiety that builds comes from a matter of respect, and that's why I appreciate it so much. And if I'm not feeling anxious, then I mean, why, why, what, like, what's happening? Am I just getting paid to do this, or am I going through motions at this point with something that's supposed to be passionate? And at that point, the art kind of fades off, and it can feel like a job, and it's just not going to be the quality of work. It can't be. Uh, the quality of work that's happening you know just saying sharing that song they just shared with us to his sister sister that is new and in 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 all in all manners and trying to understand this person who's like this the same the same kin the same dna same blood and uh and they have this amazing ability to say something that before you even know this person existed, this is just what you're going through in life. Mm-hmm. And then you have that connection there. A song or a poem could be used for a lot of different things, but it, uh, it feels like it, it's, meant, it's meant for a purpose every time that I create something. And it can be used over, but it's, there's ultimately a purpose to it. And don't always know exactly what that's going to be. So there's a lot of faith when it comes into like putting myself out there. It, there's a lot of there's a lot of faith that goes into my gut tells me that this is exactly what I should be doing. So even if I don't see that feedback automatically, if it has to lie in wait, or you find out uh, instantly, either way, you have an opportunity to affect somebody that's going to mean something to you instead of just putting something out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hi, Mama Juby here. I'm just going to pop in for a minute and say, I, th I think it's, it's beautiful to watch a soul soothing passion cross over into a commercial commodity because that, but that's what happens when you present this in public, uh, whether or not you are receiving, you know, payment in some way, people are paying a cover charge or a bar tab or, or something to, to come and share in a very personal process that is probably not really understood by the audience, like really where, where it came from inside of you, what experience, um, what perspective. Hi, Adam. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. Grab a beverage. We and, miss you, Adam. Yeah. And, uh, I promise I'll make it up to you. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, we, we've talked a little bit, we've had some really great conversations on the porch here and you know, how, how do you, how do you protect your, your passion and your content and keep it real as it does cross over into that commercial commodity and go, goes out into the world. Yeah, well, I, I mean, starting with copyrights, you copyright everything well, right off right. the bat so that you have ownership if anyone else tries to play it. You know, um, but that's a, that's a tricky thing. That's a really tricky thing. If you want to, the plan, the business plan is, you know, that you go to people with money, like a record label, and you sell them everything that you have, everything that you are going to create in the next few years. That's a tough thing for me. It's a very tough thing because music has never been about money for me. So the commercialism, uh, the commercialism of it is like, you know, it would be nice to to find a good steady niche to work with, you know, uh, a good circuit around the country, around, you know, different countries. Um, but as far as you have to do a lot to be commercial. You have to do a lot. And I think I, I would have to do, I know that I would have to do a lot of things that I wouldn't want to do. So Ebenezer has always been about writing for us and for people that like it and enjoy it. That's all secondary. You know, like we, we write stuff that, that we need to get out. And if people can relate to that, that's awesome. But protecting everything is a big ordeal and selling all of your stuff is a huge thing for me. So, I mean, we live in a time now where we can actually bring, we can break just with ourselves, you know, an independent producer, independent studio, you put all the money that you charge, that you've charged for the last year at all the doors, put all that money into a new album. You can do it that way, you know, find an online distribution company, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, it's cool. Um, well, so, the, yeah, the music industry definitely has changed. Yeah, you have, you have a lot of options now rather than just a what they call a 360 deal for a record label, which is right. crap. Wait, yeah, it used to be, and that's well documented in a, a lot of historical, either movies or writings, about different bands and different performers that have just, they provide the content and the talent and all of it, and they get very little oh, yeah. of you know the benefit back. Yeah. And so... Yes, there is that independence. You know, you guys, you know, sing and do poetry. Adam and my thing is this, the podcast. It's 
it's different, but it's kind of the same, you know, because we're putting out a product. Yeah. You know, we sit down and talk about the things that we, we talk about. Uh, again, it's the very same thing that you're talking about. We're doing it for us. Yeah. We're doing it for the fun of, of what we're doing right now. Hey, let's get the equipment out. Let's fire things up. Let's talk. Let's play a few songs. Let's have a good time. Yeah. But then you put it out, you know, and this is the first time that that song's going to be listened to on the airwaves, you know, very first time. Thousands yeah. of listeners, man. Yeah. And well, I, you know, just to cl- clarify my, my thought a little bit, I, I think when I was, when I said that, you know, protect, I'm not necessarily referring to that business aspect of it, but how do you protect yourself? And protect your process, your muse, your oh, creative your, process, right? Your yeah. create, yeah. So, um, because you go into you know record production, you know that's that's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah, there. So yeah. you know, I I think that's there's a. I'm not quite sure um, if I've ever tried to protect my creative process. You know, I've always kind of let it you know the the name of my last album was working as antennas and there's there's an absolute meaning to that because that's how all of that music was made was sitting in a room with four other musicians hitting record and just playing out and picking it apart editing it you know everything like that i mean i've never tried to it's always been there it's always been there for me well, whenever I've needed it, I think one I of those get out. It's one of those things that if you overanalyze it, you dilute it. You, it. If you look at it too closely, then that spontaneity and the ability to just sit and talk and yeah and play things, record it, listen to it back, and that kind of stuff. If you analyze it too much, you lose it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it. It has to be a bit of a free flow, I think. Yeah, there's a there's a saying, uh, I guess. Uh, a common saying that I have in the studio that uh, when I say, <clears throat> when I tell people in the studio, okay, I hate it. That means it's done. <laughs> yeah. There you, <laughs> you know, go. When, when it's been played so many times and so, so many different versions of it. When I say, okay, I finally hate it. I know, I no longer want anything to do with it. That's when it's pressed. That's when it's done. <laughs> nice. See, and for me, like, creative process isn't something that I could ever protect because I'm constantly chasing it. There's, there's no set way or formula that I have on how I'm going to create besides like just doing it. Like, and that's really it. Like that, that just, just, well, you, you, you just actually creating it, it. You mentioned that last night about, you know, you're not classically trained as a writer no, or I, as a poet, you know, you're no. not, you know, you're, you haven't taken classes with structure and, and looked at the great poets and and how these things are done in a very clinical way Mm-mm. that, okay, here's how you structure this and here's how you do this and the right and wrong of writing per se. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. more of a, you know, just you do it, a natural talent as opposed to a cultivated talent. Yes. And... And uh, you say natural talent. I like to. I like to say ignorant talent. <laughs> okay. Well, you haven't agreed with me for twenty-seven years, so it's okay. No, but I haven't been alive that long. No, oh, close. Oh. Uh, but I, I just find that so interesting. Well, no, you, you don't have to be alive that long. You didn't agree with me years before you were born. That's true. I, I lied in wait. <laughs> until yeah. The perfect. You know, time. there was no. There was never a time where I got a sense that 
Zachary, when he gets here, is going to agree with me. No, no, no. didn't no, happen. No. Okay, so <laughs> you know, with, with last night and today, with you know, talking about you know our creative process and 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 doing something that you put out for others. Yeah. You know, like I was saying, you know, with with our podcast, we had no idea. And and the hard thing for us, and and I'm sure the same thing is with you to a certain extent. So we don't know how many people are listening. We get feedback from a good number of people, but then every once in a while we hear that, oh, there's this person that heard about us from somebody that listens to the podcast. You know, it's it's like your music, Josh. I share it with a lot of people. Yes, thank you, you. You've got to listen to this. And with the access that we have now that you're talking about where, you know, you don't have to have a record label to get something produced and distributed. And we were out last night handing out stickers that on the back have a code that you can download the latest album. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember Diane looking at it when you gave John and Diane one last night and she's just amazed. She's old, you know, not nearly as old as I am, but she was amazed that, okay, all I need is a code. There's, there's not a, you know, a CD in there. Yeah. You know, there's no cassette, you know, or eight track, whichever mm-hmm. you want to prefer. The only <laughs> tangible thing here is it, it's, it's, it's a sticker. It's, it's the it's label. A, it's, it's the a cover. Label. It's a sticker and a code that you go online and you download the music. Yeah. yeah. And the more people, you don't know all the people that your music's touched that have listened to it, that just all of a sudden they're like at, at you know, barbecue in the backyard. And it's like, ah, oh, this music, man, I want to put on, you guys are going to love this stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, Josh and the boys are blasting in somebody's backyard. And I actually have, I kind of, I have a bit of a candid question for you there, Josh, if you are so prepared. Okay. I've always felt, ever since listening to any type of recording of Ebenezer, that it sincerely does not do any justice to seeing you guys live. And it does no justice to see you in an intimate setting, just your voice as you want to present it which you can in so many different ranges. But each recording, or at least most recordings that are out, I will be honest that the latest ones are progressively better. They always fall short as to what I expect. And I find myself sharing it with people. And I, my candid, seeing, my seeing, candid question. Seeing the live performance. Is, is exactly. Not, yeah, seeing, yeah. Seeing, the live, seeing the live performance and knowing exactly, like having that reference in my mind. When I just hear the recordings, I always feel like it falls short. Do you feel a similar way about your recordings that you have out for, let's say, like extreme popular public? Anybody on the other side of the country who randomly falls upon you, is that something that you think about? How do you feel about your recordings that are, I mean, currently, I don't want to ask you any compromising questions. Well, I think we live in a, in a time to where the, the CD, the live recordings are just trying to hook people in and make them look on the internet for your content for more content you know you're not going to sell anything uh, as far as cds you know new albums go that sort of thing so you want to just kind of hook people in and even if it's just a subpar production you know you want to have the content on youtube or on your website or whatever that people are really because once they look at that they're going to look you up you're going to you know that's where you want all of your content and everything to, to to pull up so we have a lot of live performances on our website on our youtube channel that sort of thing and that's more so the content that we're focused on you know we are a live band 
absolutely it does fall short absolutely the 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 recordings always are going to fall short of the live performances so have you by chance and this is would by my opinion would be a little bit off par from most things that you listen to are you familiar with an artist known as rich bryant no used to be known as rich chiga still no okay uh no me as well yeah and i'm not surprised by that um but this is an this is an artist a musician a rapper who is being successful and has for many years under a couple of different names and made movements and it all really started by him taking a couple years worth of wages dumping all of his money into an online music video that absolutely went viral Mm -hmm. and they did exactly what you're talking about they wanted more and you keep on searching for it and you're finding that content yeah so on your on your youtube channel you find a lot of live performances giving trying to give that vibe of the live show yeah of what we actually are of what you actually are yeah i mean but i don't think that any video can actually do justice of you know the feel of a live concert but but you still it's i think the video of a live performance is still better than the audio of an album just you know, agreed. I mean, you can do agreed. you can do whatever the hell you want in the studio, overproduce it, and make it this grand thing. But you don't know a band till you see a band together on a stage. Have you ever thought of investing maybe even too much into whether it be time or actual funds uh, into some sort of music video to try and launch that electronic platform to bring that attention to your live performances, but have something that is not live? that is created to be watched. And there's there's a lot of different things and a lot of uh, different skill sets that can be utilized if you're willing to invest. Like, is that something that you've ever thought about for Ebenezer? Well, I, well yeah, I mean, definitely have thought about it. I, I think uh, I think that there's, there's so many variables within that itself. I, I don't know. Uh, well, I, what I'm hearing, it comes back to invest. Well, and, yeah. and now you're talking about that, dollars. Yeah. You know, how much do you want to put into it? And and what I really mean by that when it, exactly, because that's what I am saying, but that's equating into uh, just risk, yeah, livelihood, mm-hmm. you know, sa- sacrifice on your day to day and an investment of something that you're not sure that is going to work out. Because there, well, there's somebody like that rich Brian person doing well for himself. But I mean, I don't, I don't like his music personally. Well, and you wonder how many people have, have cashed out everything to try to create that, yeah. to go viral that yeah. didn't, and that didn't we don't work. hear about it. Right. You know, it's just their, their life savings went into it and that's always the risk. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the difference now, it used to be in music, it's who the labels promoted, what they would go to the radio stations back when people listened to the radio mm-hmm. and the DJs and the power that they had because who would, what music would they play? Mm-hmm. Would they play your music? And if you get played it a lot and people start hearing it, it's, it has much better chance of being popular yeah. than, you know, just a one-off, you hear this song and that's the only time you're ever going to hear it. Right. Yeah. And you know, that has changed because of what we've talked about earlier, you know, that now you can self promote and now you can self produce mm-hmm. And then you're looking for that viral video yeah. that now all of a sudden, you know, you get a hundred thousand hits and yeah. YouTube is, you know, blown you up. And, you know, I mean, that's, 
that's another podcast, I guess, YouTube, and the crazy people that have become celebrities, YouTube celebrities, for no reason. Yeah. Other than the fact that it's just cool to click on their stuff. Yeah, go to to Ebenezer's channel and look up Money Right. That's our latest video. It's 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 good. It's good. It's It's awesome. It's an amazing piece. For ease of access on YouTube for those of us who don't regularly utilize YouTube. If I go to YouTube, how do I find you? E-B-I-N-E-Z-E-R. That's Just all you in have the, to put in, in the search, search line. And it'll, find, it'll, it'll come It'll up. bring them up. You know, I've, I've wondered this for quite a while. Why Ebenezer? Oh. Um, <laughs> if you want to share. Yeah, this, the, yeah of course. Yeah, I think that, that was asked last night. It was. We never That never came up, though. On the podcast, um, it's just uh, the story of of like uh, the Ebenezer Stone in the Bible, or you know Charles Dickens's uh, Christmas story. Scrooge. Uh, yeah, you know Ebenezer making a or taking a, a bad situation and making it something that is uh, greater for everybody. Right. That that's ideally that's what the story of Ebenezer Scrooge was. You know, it's such a bitter old old man that, that was very greedy and very self-centered and by the you know it took a journey to to make him realize what life was or what it could be for for everybody that's that's kind of you know taking a bad situation and making it a great situation is what Ebenezer is all about I mean so I really it, like it, it that. was very fitting for, I, I like that. that that really resonates with me thank you yeah thank you for explaining that yeah I, Josh and I's relationship has always been a little bit different. Uh, he and I have never quite been at odds. We've always synced up very, very well. Um, it always seems that when I feel like I'm most vulnerable and most uncomfortable, he like reinforces at that exact moment. Nice. Well, it, it's nice when you you know you feel vulnerable and somebody points that out. That you know what. You're really vulnerable right now. That's a good friend. You know, <laughs> it it builds me up. Yeah. When you're at that most vulnerable point, and it's it's a tipping point. It can go either way. Yeah. But Josh has been that counterpoint to me that whenever I feel like it's not enough, he explains to me that it's way too much. Nice. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's great that you guys have that. You know, anything you can share with another person, I think it's positive. I think it's great. It's a balanced perspective. Mm, there we go again. There there One person is. not drinking is, is just sending us back to the swimming. time and time again. You know. I guess I'll be driving back down to the valley. <laughs> there we go. Maybe you won't have to leave. So one of the things that I heard that you guys did was just kind of turn the mics on over at the Ebenezer uh, Sanctuary, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And just kind of make noise with guitars and vocals and free uh free graze yep. riff free form um, yeah. free form free sure. free everything free verse. He, he's good at that he's he's really good uh at expressing the current emotions you know yeah the mood of the room yeah. i i'd like to it, think that my emotional awareness although may not always acted upon is always there and i can feel out what's happening in the environment wow yeah such great times psychic you know because we always uh we always jam in this, in, in this spot and Having uh, guests in is always a pleasure. You know, everybody that's come in. I mean, that's what working Adam, as Steve, in, everybody else. You know, that's Jimmy. what working as intent was all about, right? Yeah, 
They've never once given me a microphone. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's probably best. Although, (laughs) but anyway, so we have a few minutes here. So why don't you guys just pretend we're not here and we're, we're just, you know, up in the corner of the room. We can do that. We can, mm-hmm. we, we can do that. No we're problem. not even in the room. We're not even here. Because the interesting thing about this is we're not in a room. Nice. We're outside. There's that insightfulness. There's <laughs> that reading the area. Fresh air can uh, a lot of times be hard to come by, even when you are outside. Sometimes it takes a, chain of scen- a change of scenery. Maybe it takes a change of beat. Sometimes you just have an ability to take the next step, beat the next feet. The next challenge that comes about, maybe just be the next line, and maybe just be the ability to understand what's happening before thee. The interesting part is from the start you have a preconceived notion of what it should be how it should sound an idea that sparked a new opportunity but it's nothing close to that it's all random it's all going from this rising up high building and then just a big splat on the ground it just causes a new perspective everybody drink yeah an elective class you just take by choice you just say it so you can graduate, but there's no force to take this. You have an opportunity to take in new ideas, meet somebody you wouldn't have normally met. Yeah. <laughs> now, normally there's a hook, and normally there's drums. Normally there's a buildup that really causes thumbs up makes you feel that you don't have a choice but to rejoice in the fact that you're there for the music and you can hear me speak and you can hear Josh play and there's no choices. There's just opportunities. porch is a treehouse. It's built up on roots that are grown deep into this ground. My porch will free us to all the opportunities that pass us by that we don't understand why they come around. It's this ground that it's built on and it's not fenced in. The dogs can get out. They can run around, they can roam about, they can have a choice if they want to stay or just come back for dinner and then go away and run to the mountains because they're feral. And only by choice. Because they have a home. They have a place of somebody that's going to scratch their belly and tell them that they're a good girl. That she's special. And she's yours and you're going to Honor her with all of the love that you can possibly endure. And you have no choice. Because it's just an opportunity. She's not yours. Neither is he. 
may even have a hematoma by his feet that causes a new feeling on if you're doing the right piece. Is he in the right place? Should there be a change of journey, a change of pace? Should you build up and get him out? Because it's not about you. It's what you and him are all about. You don't have an opportunity. You see, it keeps coming around. Are we going to take it this time? Or are we just bound for another choice to stay in what we're doing? You can drop all. You can have a new opportunity. <laughs> and that's the great thing about a riff is it may be redundant, but it's always abundant with feeling. It doesn't have to make sense. We're the ones who love with no expense. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sharing with everybody, you know, kind of what we were doing today. And this was really what we wanted to do. Talk about, you know, not only the venue and, and the view and, and everything we're doing, but, you know, also the things that we share with people. We put ourselves out there. You know, we give people our thoughts. You know, some are rehearsed, you know, some are written, and some are spontaneous. And it's just, it's fun. It really is. <laughs> it's all sharing. It's the most fun you can have. <laughs> with your clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, so um, I want to thank you guys for, you know, coming out and, and doing this with us. You know, we turned the mics back on because we had things to say. And we appreciate or, you for having them here. Yeah, with me, I guess. Adam, once again, man, I'll make it up to you. We miss you. We owe you. We do. You know, maybe Adam should just make a trip up here without you, like conveniently when you have to get a bunch of work done. He just has to take the stuff because it's the only time I don't, that I Josh don't, and I, I don't free. have work. Say you did. Okay, well, let's say just say I did. did. There you go. There you go. You have to believe. <laughs> I, th I, I like that. I heard you had an opportunity as a manager for a up and coming band. Um, yeah, it's, you know, we're working out the details. We don't know. We don't know. There's a possibility. I mean, when you have a platform <laughs> to promote. You know, I've always said I can manage anything. <laughs> and I think that's the call. Yeah, I think we're. Uh, who is that in there? I don't know. Okay, so we got people coming in. We I'll, pro pl I'll play you guys out. Okay. Until next think, time, yeah. and more perspectives. Oh, later. We take more perspectives later. More perspectives later. <laughs> Leave me out, Josh. Ha! Ha! Feeling good. Get it. Yeah. When I was just growing up, I had to say just all this stuff, and I say it real close. Just fade me out, Josh. Okay, yeah. That's Let's take a second to remind ourselves to keep you humble And if my brother should fall, my sister's half a stumble Pick you back up, life's a mile, speed a sore spot We're still just trying to figure it out Before I dead and gone I wanna be known as one of the good ones One of the good ones
control of her progression Well, you can shop for spreading love But all her wealth obsession Money can't help you see the light In the end, you can't buy yourself a Porsche when you're dead Well, mama said that I don't gotta be Part of the world to truly love Pray for a difficult life To live and rise above it This is the time I'm asked So it's being tasted So let's do everything we can Before I Up to 